0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. Today is about emotions and finance. Emotions and finance is my title today. So what I want to say is get to small group this week because you want to hear about other people's mistakes in spending money. It'll make you feel good and then we'll get better together. Um, this series I'm gonna be talking about some of Pastor Aaron and I like some of our spending mistakes, some of the things that we got right, some of the things we didn't get right. And uh, I'll just give me a minute to kind of spin into that. But that's gonna be awesome. Small groups get involved. And if you've never been to one of our small groups, West Side Wednesday, just saying we have this huge competition rolling with small groups here. Everybody secretly thinks that theirs is the best, but everybody knows that the pastors is the best. So Awesome. Uh, If you're interested, box office. If you're also interested in getting to know more about Venue Church, why we started Venue Church, what we're all about, NXT happens here at the theater at 5 p.m. on Sunday night. So come on out to that. There's four sessions in total. Next session is a lab where we find out your personality and your spiritual gifting. Because if you don't know who you are, you don't know what you're here for. And it's going to be awesome. So that's next Sunday, and we're going to bring it. Also, because I'm, I'm a planner... I'm a planner. Uh, Easter is coming in one month's time. There's this whole group of people called Creasters that only come to church at Christmas and Easter. So you go find your friends who are like, oh yeah, I totally go to church every Christmas and every Easter. Go find a bunch of people and make them at least an Easter, if not a Creaster. And when they come and find out the venue is awesome, maybe they'll come back a little more. So we're going to start our series called Dead Man Walking, and it's going to be all about Jesus, and you're going to want to bring your friends to that, or bring your enemies to that so you can be friends. <laughs> all right. Our whole series is based around this pirate code, Captain Jack Sparrow, take what you can, give nothing back. Take what you can, give nothing back. Really? We're going to ask the question in church. Really? That's how we're going to live. Take what you can, give nothing back. Culture. That's what culture wants to tell you. Now, I want to start this, this. I would be curious to know if anybody in this room, say, over the age of 18, is there anybody in this room over the age of 18 that has never, for a moment, worried about money? Put your hand real high if we can see you. Huh. It's a problem. We worry about money. Now here's the thing, everybody whose hand didn't go up, which is everybody in the room if you're, if you're watching this online, nobody didn't raise their hand because we all worry about money. Now everybody's hand that was down makes a different amount of money. So that's not it. What is it? We don't know how to think about money. And you're going to absolutely love this series. Now close your eyes, do this for me, close your eyes, unless you're driving on the way to work and you're listening to this, then that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and you won't be worried about money for very long. (laughs) Close your eyes. Close your eyes and imagine this. Just close your eyes. Let's go to this mystical place together. Close your eyes and imagine what your life would look like if you never worried about money again. What would you do with all your time? You wouldn't fight with your husband as much. You could give like you want to give and be generous like you want to give. You would never again feel the guilt of a terrible purchase. You would never have to live with the fear of where the grocery bill is coming this week, where the gas bill is coming this week. Close your eyes and just imagine what you would do with all that energy that you're not using, worrying about money that leads to all the other stuff, that leads to all the other stuff, that leads to all the other stuff in your life. God never wants you to worry about money. And he's got a plan. You can open your eyes. It's getting creepy. I like how obedient everybody is here. That's I'm very proud of you for Canadian culture. I just made fun of you for being obedient, so that's going to backfire. <laughs> never make fun of your kids for being obedient at house. That's just a terrible idea. But here's the deal, and here's what I want for you. What if you could train your children to never have to worry about money a day in their lives? What would you do to do that? This is God's plan. You ready? Watch this. Now, now maybe you've broken your word in the past, but God never has one time. So our trust issues with God are our trust issues With God. Not God's trust issues. He's never lied one time. He's never not fulfilled a promise. It's our problem. So let's get get our crap together here and find out how to spend money better. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is saying this. So Jesus, the second in command in all of the universe, says, don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Then he says this. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Now, what we've got to do, because everybody in church is worried about money, because everybody outside church is worried about money, but there should be a difference between the two groups of people, because one group of people has a God who made the whole universe, and the other does not. And this is a command from God, and he's given us an actual game plan how to get there. I mean, the Bible talks about money, and we're going to talk about it. Then he says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else. There's a game plan. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Huh. Does He mean it? Absolutely He does. Yeah. Yeah. The missing piece is us doing what we need to do. Okay. Um, now, I'm not saying in this series here that you haven't had a surprise bill this month. I'm not saying that everything works out. I'm not saying that the world is full of rainbows and unicorns. It's only full of unicorns if you're born in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> but do you suppose that God already knows? Yeah. Your surprise bill's is coming tomorrow. Do you think He knows that you're going to Blow out the transmission in your truck six months from now. Do you think he can kind of tell already? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And here we are trying to plan our lives because we know everything. Okay. But what if the God who knows can give you a plan to prepare ahead of time for exactly what you need? Sound good? Yeah. I'm in this. Now, here's the thing. Here's what we got to do and here's the trick. Imagine coming into a farmer's field and the farmer is sitting in the middle of his field at harvest time. Okay? You come upon this farmer... Farmers are amazing people. You come out onto this farmer in the middle of the field, and he's sitting down in the middle of this field, and he's crying because he has no harvest whatsoever. And he's worried about his family, and he's worried about his bills, and he has no harvest whatsoever. Your heart would immediately go out to this poor guy whose family is not going to have enough to make it through the winter. Now, my, my dad's dad and my dad, they were like homesteaders. They were like pioneers. This is Now, imagine going out and, and sitting down with my grandpa in the middle of a field who knows that they might not make it through the winter because they're worried about money. And then, and then somehow the topic of, well, what kind of seed did you sow in the field came up. And I'll bet you if, if he said, I didn't sow any seed in this field, your pity for him would evaporate. You might feel sorry for his family because he an idiot. But listen, listen. This is how we feel. And what I want to do, starting right now in this series here, starting right now in this sermon here called Emotions and Finance, is I want to do something and I want to draw a separating line between money and our emotions. We're going to draw a line in between so that I can preach and teach like you're at a free financial seminar and assume that this is just money we're talking about here. Money is just a tool. It will do what you tell it to do. The trouble is we feel emotional because we like stuff. But what we need to do right now Right at the very beginning Is just separate our emotions from our finances You have the harvest that you planted Now what if he would ask Well he would say Well I planted in all of these other fields Well are they your fields? Well no But they won't let me go and get it But that's in actuality what we do With finances and with our resources And God has a game plan And if we would get on board with God's game plan But the trouble is we're not gonna Here's the the trouble We're going to have to stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Money's money. It's a tool in a tool bag. I grew up in the trades. Tools are tools. We never once apologized for using a tool too hard. (laughs) I'm sorry this is going to hurt. Bam, bam. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Man, when the tool's broken, we get another tool and we keep working. Why? Because the job is everything. I don't want to sit here and feel sorry for tools. I don't want to sit here and feel sorry about money. Money's just money. It's just money. Quit feeling sorry for yourself about money. Change the game plan completely. This is your reset button here that we're going to... Now, we're going to open up small groups for Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey, the financial guru here. Probably next fall, you're going to want to get in on that. Get your finances sorted out. We did. And it's the best thing we ever did. Well, just about the best thing we ever did. Knowing Jesus, getting married, and then Financial Peace University, which is going to be awesome. But look, here's the, here's the chance right now, because I'm going to be hard on you and give you all this crazy energy to go and fix your budget. All right. I got to move, though, because I got so much to do here. All right. Um, Here's something that I want you to think about and write down. Money is a tool, not a baby. Don't have feelings about it. It's not your baby. It's a tool. Stop feeling anything about money. It's not a baby. It's a tool. Stop feeling anything about money. Before every purchase you're tempted to make this week, and this month, and moving forward, I want you to think about sometimes maybe what God is thinking about you when you purchase silly things or emotional buys. Silly pirate. <laughs> Ladies, you're standing in front of wherever you stand in front of and shop. <laughs> I obviously don't watch you there, so that's probably good, right? Like, I want that dress. And like, silly pirate, there's more to life than today's rum. The next time I'm in the van store there's my emotional buy <laughs> cuz I like shoes and stuff. Silly pirate there's more to life than today's rum. For some of you there's actually more to life than today's rum. <laughs> but not. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I like that. Here's what we're going to do every single week. I'm going to we're going to separate emotions from our finances and this is going to be teachings in logic. If your feelings are hurt it's because money is a baby to you. So that's your problem, and I'm just going to assume that you're going to you know, deal with that on your own. But this is just how to handle money. That's all that we're going to talk about in this series here. So every week, we're going to do that. I'm going to teach you in logic. And we're going to have, uh, you're going to hear personal stories of our successes and failures every week. Every week, there will be financial tips for the day. Every week, you'll hear a piece of Venue's financial philosophy as a church. Don't you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. And every week, we will talk about today's issue, what Scripture says about it, and what to do about it. It's going to be super simple. It's a playbook, man. Just plug the plays in. All right. Coming up next in Pirate Code, today we're going to separate emotions from finance, and we're going to talk about being generous first. You can get everything else right, but if you're not generous first, you will never, ever be free from the worry of finances, because that's what I want for you. I never want you to wake up another day, but it's going to take a little bit of work, because we've got a little bit of work. We did a little bit of work to get here. We're going to have to do a little bit of work to get out of here. But I never want you to worry about money again. So we're going to talk about being generous first. It is a principle in the universe. Whether you are a Christ follower or not, it works. It is a principle in the universe. Next week, we're going to talk about our budget. Can we do that? Yeah, we're going to talk about our budget very specifically, like how we set up a budget. And, and so like, if you don't have a budget, perfect, you're going to have one next week. And uh, if you have a budget, you're going to tweak it next week because you constantly have to tweak your budget for your needs and so that you can do the things that God wants you to do with your life. Week three, we're going to talk about your debt load, good debt, bad debt, what to do, what not to do. Sound good? And week four is going to be today's rum or tomorrow's miracle. you got to pick. Today's rum, emotional, or tomorrow's miracle. Now, here's the thing. You don't know what's coming down the pipe for you or your family tomorrow. You'll need a miracle that you can't do on your own. You'll need it from God, but miracles are predictable. They are predictable. Who gets miracles are predictable when we're talking about money. Ooh, everybody's so curious. All right. Here is my goal for you in this whole series. I'm just going to lay it out for you right now so that as we move through, you won't be shocked and hurt and whatever, because I'm just going to assume that this is money and it's a tool in a tool bag, and we're just going to talk about it, and I'm not going to worry about your feelings, okay? Does that sound good? All right. Here's what I want you to do by the end. Somebody clap. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. It's not a baby. All right. Here's what I want. First thing I want you to do is start, by being, start being generous first with a monthly percentage giving. Now, this church is a great place to give it. If you're a Christ follower, we're going to talk about giving today and giving a percentage to your local church. That's what God commands. That's not really an option. There's a reason why, and I'll explain that and give you an illustration about that. If you are not a Christ follower, not a God person, I want you to pick a monthly percentage and give it away someplace. Just give it away. There is a principle at stake here called sowing and reaping and generosity. That's what I want for you. Number two, I want you to start or tweak your personal budget. Three, I want you to pay off debt while being generous with God because he can shrink it too in miraculous ways. And week four, this is a little bit longer here. See if this makes sense. I want you to kill your lazy, fat, adult love child called emotional spending that has been sitting on your couch eating your chips and I want you to have a baby called if it's not in my budget, I don't buy it. Principal spending over emotional spending every single time. Let's get that Fat, lazy, emotional spending adult child off of our couch and paying some rent. All right. My personal story this week here. All oh, that preached. <laughs> last summer... I'm going to come back to that. I, gotta, I like that. I didn't know if that was going to... That was gangbusters. Last, uh, last summer... We live in Cooper's here in, in Airdrie. We love our city. And, uh, and they have this um, grad sale that everybody, like there must have been a thousand people walk past our house at, at the Cooper's grad sale. So my, my third daughter, Katie, is very entrepreneurial. I don't know if I would have responded to her in a different way if she wasn't, but she's going to be a little businesswoman. And so uh, Katie decided, we need a lemonade stand. And so all the people coming by, uh, her and Neela were the front people and selling lemonade. And they made a killing at the lemonade stand. Now, also, they gave a percentage into their Sunday school offering because that's what we teach them to do. If this was all a big money-grabbing scam, I wouldn't teach my own kids that. But we do because I want them to never have to worry about money again. And that's the first step to get there. So here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. Uh, Katie, I use this as a business opportunity. I'm going to teach Katie a little business here, right? How old is Katie? I should know this. I just need a number, ten. <laughs> I just need a number. I don't need your disapp- your Eastern European disapproval over here. Okay, <laughs> that's a line from a movie that I thought I would use on my wife in public. It was a great idea. It's okay. My back will be sore tomorrow because I'll be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Her birthday was yesterday. Can you say happy birthday, Pastor Aaron? Happy birthday. Yay! I got, the kids and I got her this amazing present, and I don't want to be the one who brags, but, oh my goodness, so, such an amazing husband. Right. <laughs> Katie's lemonade stand. So here's the thing. When we were divvying up the money afterwards, I'm like, how much did you bring in? I can't even remember what it was. It was a lot of money. And I'm like, holy smokes. And so I might, like, so so here's what, I, here's what I did. I said, well, you have to consider it, uh, that there are costs to running a lemonade stand, all the lemonade that I bought. Now, why should I buy lemonade for you to make money? Now, if it was a different kid, I probably would have not worried about it too much. But Katie is very dollar and cents oriented, and so I I, I can't even remember what we spent—maybe twenty or thirty bucks on lemonade. I don't even know what, but I'm like, okay, but this is not all this. There's expenses in this, right? This is not all your money. So I taught her, okay, but you have to pay the supplier, or you have no lemonade to sell. Well, she didn't like that very much. But what she really didn't like is that I said, and you have to give a cut of the lemonade money to Alish because Alish made all the lemonade in the kitchen. <laughs> and she was quite upset about that. Why does Alish get part of this? We sold all the lemonade. <laughs> you know I'm going to apply this to your life pretty quick here. We did all the work. We were out there selling lemonade. How much lemonade can you sell if you don't have any lemonade and nobody's making it? You cut your sister into this because we're family. We we don't rip off normal people, but we don't rip off family. you got to see them tomorrow. (laughs) And I thought, that's how it is with money. There are expenses. There are things that make sense. We get all this emotion wrapped around it because we start thinking about money like it all belongs to us. You're just renting space here, man. Somebody's going to live in your house when you die. not going to be your house anymore. You're just renting it. And so here's the thing. She was upset because... She didn't want to recognize that there was somebody behind the scenes making all of this possible. Now, God is behind the scenes in your life making all of this possible. And if you treat God right, he'll treat you right, and the lemonade will keep flowing. Oh, love it. Because if you don't pay for seed, you don't have a harvest. If you don't pay for seed, you don't have a harvest. Now, my dad, when I was young, I got an allowance of a dollar a week because it was a cheapskate, and it was 100 years ago. No, but listen, listen. I didn't think it was above the dollar a week that I earned by doing household chores. But look, every week, he would give it to me Saturday night or Sunday morning and be like, okay, but 10 cents goes in the offering at church, right? This is what we call tithing. This is a tenth. There's the real number because God knows that some of y'all aren't good at math. So if it was 7%, we wouldn't get it. And if it was 33%, we wouldn't get it. So this is it. God... My dad would give me a dollar, and I would give ten cents of the dollar back to God. Here's what I want to say about this. In my whole life up till this point, and I have had expenses. I live with five women. I can tell you that I've only ever spent a day or a night worrying about money. Maybe I could count them on one hand. And I don't make a killing being a pastor. I want that for you. And I'm going to tell you how to get it. But there's only really one way to never have to worry about money again. We've got to bring God into the equation. I'm going to talk about that today. That was easy. (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) On to the next part. Here are some financial tips for the day. You ready? Write these things down. Start living your life by them. Everybody has emotional spins. What are yours? The most logical person in this room has emotional spins. You're just better at defending them because you're logical. The rest of us are just like, I wanted it. You got reasons. Everybody has emotional spins. Is it the truck you drove to church in? Is it the van store? Shoes? What is it that you emotionally spend money on? I knew a person who emotionally spent money on vegetables. (laughs) We were uh, out on a family vacation with them, and we were sharing kind of a trailer area. And you know the trailer fridges? They're not huge. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to town. Do we need anything? And the first thing out of her mouth mouth was, we need vegetables. We're right out of vegetables. I'm like, walk over to the fridge. Open the fridge. Just guess. Shout out a number about how many types of vegetables were in the fridge. This tiny fridge. Five, 13. thirteen. Thirteen kinds of vegetables. I mean, you couldn't even shut the fridge door. We're right out of vegetables. We just got no vegetables. We just got... What? I'm like, you got thirteen kinds of vegetables in here. What do you need more vegetables for? You have a, a bad experience with scurvy? Like, it was an emotional thing. It was an emotional thing. Right? Well, we'll eat those up by tomorrow. I'm like, no, nobody could eat those up by tomorrow. Some of us don't even agree with vegetables. (laughs) Two weeks later, half of those vegetables rotted in the fridge and I had to replace them out of my pocket because nobody can eat that many vegetables. It's just physically impossible and emotionally impossible. (laughs) What is your emotional spin? Everybody has emotional spins. What are yours? You need to know what they are. It's not the worst thing in the world, but do you know what they are? Everybody's got them. Do you know what yours are? Number two, never ever buy anything because it's on sale. That's what silly pirates do. Never ever buy anything just because it's on sale. Oh, I've been thinking about one of these forever. No. You didn't walk to the mall with a list, and that wasn't on it. You just saw the red sale. This is my dad's teaching all over again. Now, I'm, I'm, I don't care if I hurt your feelings, because if you've got a baby called money, do something about it. I need to get that lazy thing off the couch called emotional spending. Never ever buy anything because it's on sale. If you didn't need it before it was on sale, you didn't need it after it was on sale. It's called emotional spending. Now, if you're going to buy something and you've been planning for six months to buy it and you find it on sale, that's different. If you walked there with the list and it was actually on your list. If it's not, it's called an emotional spend. Call it what it is. You like that, didn't you? Number three, be crystal clear about money. Write it down and take emotion out of it. Write it down and take emotion out of it. We're going to talk about personal budget next week. Write it down and take emotion out of it. If you loan your brother $50 for something, write it down and sign it. Be crystal clear about it. Nothing breaks up. People are laughing right now. Nothing breaks up family like money does. Like, look, if I'm counseling you, I already know that you're worried about money. I already know. 80% of the time it's like money or sex. it's always money too. I'm just saying If it's your teenage son, I already know what that's about. Money, 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 money. Everybody worries about it. It adds to the stresses of life. Write it down. Be crystal clear about it. Write down your budget. Be crystal clear about it. They're just numbers. Don't feel anything about it. It's not a baby. All right. Number four. I I should say this. Actually, let me be crystal clear about money. And do you have a last will and testament? Some of us don't. You know why? The only reason we don't is because we don't like to think of ourselves as dying. It's time to grow up. And re- Do you want the state to decide who your kids live with? Yeah. Do you want everybody who's left behind you to fight over your money and have no relationship with each other? No. We used to have will talks around the table. It was creepy. When I was in like high school, dad would be like, so, I made an amendment to my will today. And mom is just dying on the inside. Like, oh, fuck goodness. I made Ben the executor of the will. Dad, why can't we be the executor of your will? You can trust us. And he's like, that's why Ben is the executor of the will. He's on my director's team too, too, right? Like not an emotional spender. Not an emotional anything, actually, now that I think about it. (laughs) But he was going to give us a fair... He's sitting right here. He's going to give us a fair shake, and he's going to be fair, and he doesn't care how I feel about it or Ryan feels about it. We're not going to fight about it. I can guarantee you that. Make a last will and testament. And then feel sorry for yourself after that. All right, number four: Lazy people don't pack a lunch. Can I talk about it? Yes. I'm going after this one. Can you eat organic right now? Can you afford to? Can you afford to? Can you afford to eat organic and do all the other stuff that you're doing? It's a moral issue. I don't want my children to die by the time they're 25. They're not going to die. It is not a moral issue. It is an emotional issue. Call it that. Now, eat organic if you can afford it. But Aaron and I paid my dad back $25,000 in our first year of marriage. We couldn't have done that if we ate organic. I ate frozen pasta every day. (laughs) All the other guys would go out for lunch. We packed a lunch. Even when we were on vacation in Mexico a little while, even Aaron and I there... Like, we would eat out when it was kind of convenient to do that, but more often than not, we would still go to the grocery store and get it there. It's just so much cheaper, and we're like Dutch. Like, part of me is anyways. The fun part of me is Irish, but the responsible money part of me is Dutch. I'm just like, oh, it just costs so much money. I'm just thinking about, you know what? That helps my vacation budget, because then I can take it out of my grocery budget and go on more vacations, because we like vacations. And I don't feel bad for going on vacations, because I budget them. We save up money and we go. We don't borrow money. We save up money and then we go. It's a beautiful thing. All right. That was easy. All right. Here is um, part of venue's philosophy about money. When we are spending money in our venue budget, and our budget is like tight, believe me, um... When I'll talk maybe exactly about where our budget is here. If you uh, gave us, uh, if you gave gifts to us last week, uh, last year to help us move, you got a letter from me, um, telling you exactly where we're at in the, in the venue budget. Uh, we've got to talk about it. But every spending question that our directors make, uh, and our directors team is an amazing team of very smart people and people who are not afraid to call me out on stuff. Uh, I'm the CEO, but if they wanted to get together and kick me out, they could kick me out. That's just how we're structured because nobody's perfect. And I I want people to have access to me in my life as well because everybody gets a little crazy sometimes. I need people to have the right to do that. And so I give them the right to do that. And structured, we're structured that way. But every, every financial spend that we spend, we ask ourselves these three questions. Now, we might not say them out loud, but we have said these out loud. Is it ethical? Is it moral? Is it legal? Well, shouldn't a church always do that? Do you watch the news? There's a thousand ways to do everything. But that sits underneath every financial decision that we make. Is it ethical? Does it help people? Is it moral? Does it please God? And is it legal? The government is in place for a reason. We're not trying to rip off the government. Aren't you glad that that's how we make decisions here? Is it ethical? Is it moral? Is it legal? If it's not, I don't even want to talk about it. But there are ways that you can paint things and we don't try to talk anybody into anything. Is it ethical? Is it moral? Is it legal? I just thought you'd want to know. The next thing I would, I would say is that our budget at Venue Church always reflects our mission. Our mission is to take people who are far from God and, and wherever you are from the far from God to as close to God as you can be. Most of us are way over here. People who are far from God and, and, and lead them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So our budget reflects that, which means we advertise to people out here. We have podcasts. We spend money on social media. Our budget will always reflect the person who is not here yet because that person is your brother or your sister or your spouse or your son or your daughter. They matter. They have a name. They have a life. And their life affects other people's lives. Our budget will always, always reflect that. A lot of churches get so, so caught up in the month-to-month that they forget that piece. And then they stop growing, and they stop reaching new people, and they stop, start preaching a different gospel that's more like, hey, we're all safe and sound in the kingdom of heaven, and we don't have to worry about that poor sinner out there. Well, that poor sinner out there was you. Yeah. Yeah. So we feel it. Our budget will always reflect that. And I just thought that you would want to know. That was easy. Yes. Today's issue. Today's issue. Here's what I want you to write down. This is what the whole sermon is about here. This is not going to take as long as, as what I've been preparing you for. Is this good so far? You can feel something happen when you hit a reset button. You just got to throw everything you've got at it. So when we, like I wish we'd have had this reset button, but when we had our reset button, it was when we went through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and we had already decided we were going to apply everything that we heard before we even got there because we needed a reset. trust. The process, it works. Money is just money. You'll fight about it. If you haven't had a budget yet, you'll fight about it. It's worth the fight because what I want for you is to never have to worry about money again. Today's issue. Generosity with God isn't happening first. We give emotionally if we give at all. Just keep that up. Generosity with God isn't happening first. We give emotionally if we give at all. And then I've heard people say, Christ followers, but I'm not giving because God loves a cheerful giver. My attitude's terrible. Right. So I should be faithful to my wife only when I'm happy to do that. I shouldn't cheat on my wife unless I feel like it. Tell you what, your heart follows your obedience. Do what's right. Money's a funny old thing here because you don't want to give more until you give more. It's all backwards. You don't want it first. You want it after you obey. That's how the kingdom of God works. Left is right, up is down. Everything is backwards. And so here's the thing. The more you give, the more you want to give. Pastor Corey, it would be easier if I wanted to give. Agreed. Do you want to give more? Give more. That's how that works. And then you'll actually want to give it will unlock something inside of you. And it will make all of your problems and all of your bills God's problems. That was easy. All right. Here's our scripture, part of our scripture today. Matthew 23 and 23. There's an argument been rolling on in church cultures forever about whether uh, giving a 10th, a, a 10%, giving a tithe, that's what a tithe means. A tithe is not 8%, it is not 2%, it is not 30%, it is 10%. Whether giving a tithe is New Testament or Old Testament. If you're not a church person, you won't understand any of this, so just, just be like, church people got problems, it's okay, we got problems. We'll talk about this. Well, isn't that Old Testament, isn't that Old Testament? Okay, so if Jesus said anything about tithing, would you do it? Matthew 23, 23. What sorrow, this is Jesus. Did I forget that part? What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. He's dealing with a complete double standard. They're very careful to tithe, but they've forgotten what God is all about on the other side too. Then he says, you should tithe, yes. But do not not neglect the more important things. So, you got the law down about generosity, but you forgot about all the other attributes of God, and I want you to do them all. Or you'll worry about money forever. Or forget that your life is not about you forever. So, Jesus right there is saying, okay, I'm backing this up. Now, the whole argument was, and I don't have time to get into this, if you really wanted to know, you would go and look after this. But when I talk about tithing, I can hear the room get quiet. Why? Because it's emotional, it's just money, it's an investment. It's a tool. May, tell it what to do. Quit feeling emotional about it. That's what got you here. So, well, it was Old Testament. Don't we do anything in the Old Testament? Yeah, if you don't want somebody sleeping with your wife, that's called adultery. And, and the Ten Commandments, or we're not Ten Suggestions, and they haven't gone anywhere. Do not commit adultery. Thou shalt not murder. You shouldn't cheat. You shouldn't lie. You shouldn't society's morality. That's what that is. Now, tithing was established by Abraham way hundreds and hundreds of years before Moses. And Moses' law, when Jesus came, he fulfilled all of Moses' law. So tithing was mentioned in the law, but the tithing was way before and also way after Moses' law. But see, Jesus fulfilled the sacrificial part of the law, but nothing else changed. The ritual he took out of all of this, but tithing was way over here because God needed a way to bless you. And Abraham figured it out. Was Abraham blessed? Uh-huh. And everybody who did that after was blessed. We've got to start here. Now, if your budget's not good, you'll still worry about money, and we're going to talk about that. But if you don't get this piece, you're not going to, you can have the best budget in the world. You'll still worry about money. And God won't be your partner. That's what I want for you here. So anyways, so when Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. He, never, he, he specifically said, I never came to do away with it. I came to fulfill it. Right. Yeah. And so this never changed. He said, you should tithe, yes, right there. But the reason we don't do it is because we're emotional about it. We need to decide, okay. We need to not be emotional about money. That's the problem in the first place. Now Malachi chapter 3 says this. Now this is interesting. This is the last book in the Old Testament. And what you maybe don't know is that the last book in the Old Testament before we hear from God again in the nation of Israel, 400 years of radio silence goes happens right here. After these words are spoken, 400 years of God not being able to speak to his people because his people had left him. Do you want to know what happened? Do you want to know one of the topics that was the hot topic here for God? 400 years of radio science. No wonder some of us don't hear from God because we're not generous with God at all. Ready? Do you want to know what it was? Yeah. I am God, he says. Yes, I am, verse 6. I haven't changed. Now, why do you suppose he'd have to say that? You already know your kid's not going to go to bed when you tell them to. Can I get up and watch TV? He already knows what's coming next. This is why he says this. Well, didn't, well no, that's Old Testament. You changed. You change your mind about tithing. I am God. Yes, I am. I haven't changed. Just to take that off the table. And because I haven't changed, you, the descendants of Jacob, haven't been destroyed. So be glad that I haven't changed. Now, Jesus fulfilled everything that happened ritually with sacrifice. Okay, but this has nothing to do with this. Watch. L- listen. He says, you have a long history of ignoring my commands. My hand's in the air. You haven't done a thing I've told you. Then he says this, return to me so I can return to you. Where did you go, God? I know when your next bill comes in or you're surprised. I know what happens. You get notice from the bank? I know what happens. God help me. God's like, I can't. I can't. Nothing comes from nothing. I can't. I I I'm trying to. I've set you set you up to do it, but you gotta do something. Everything is conditional. Salvation is free, but it didn't mean it was free to you. It was free. But your seed of faith got you saved. If you don't believe in Jesus enough to give him your whole life, you can't be saved. That's the condition. You see? You feel it? Okay. That's That's the gospel. Some people say like, oh, come to God. He'll make you happy. He won't really, you know. Why don't we come to God God's way and do life God's way so that you never have to worry about it again? Can I hear an amen? amen? All right. You ask, but how do we return? God says, begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. Oh, that's not how we think about this. Then he says, you ask, how have we robbed you? Listen, the tithe and the offering, that's how. The tenth and the freewill offerings on top of that, that's how. This is God talking. He says, and now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we're cursed for what we do, it's sin that curses us, and there's a natural consequence of that. So quit thinking of God as a guy in the sky with a big club. But if God wasn't just, he wouldn't be good. And so it's your own sin that now thieves are under a curse. It's not like God is picking out a thief and hating a thief. No, God doesn't hate anybody. But you are already under a curse if you steal. We understand this? There's a consequence to stealing. And he says, bring your full tithe. It's a tenth. I made it easy for you. To the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. He's saying, why would I care about your house if you don't care about my house? I've got this plan, but I can't care about your house until you care about my house. You've got to give me something to work with here, guys. Test me in this. The only place in Scripture where it says this, test me, try it, and see if I don't open up heaven itself to, to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. This is vote for Pedro, Napoleon Dynamite, and all your wildest dreams will come true. This is a promise from God. I'm going to illustrate this for you here just to get the emotion out of it in a minute. Test me in this, which means if you tithe here, and this is your local church, and this is where you're getting fed, and you tithe here for six months, and he says full tithe. If you tithe here for six months and it doesn't work, we'll give you your money back. We've never had to do it one time. Never in church culture have we had to do it one time. Why? Because God can't break His promise. He's faithful. He's got it. He's got you. This is a 100% investment. It can't go wrong. It's the first place we got to start. For my part, God says, I'll defend you against marauders. All the things that are coming down the pipe, I'll protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. You'll be voted happiest nation. You'll experience what it's like to be a country Of grace. These are the words of God. Oh. Charles Spurgeon says this. Much has been said about giving a tenth of one's income to the Lord. Methinks? He was old school. That is a Christian duty which none should for a moment question. If it were a duty under the Jewish law, much more is it so now under the Christian dispensation. But it is a great mistake to suppose that the Jew only gave a tenth. He gave very, very, very much more than that. Three berries. The tenth was the payment he must make. That's returning to God what already belongs to God. But after that came all the free will offerings, all the various gifts at diverse seasons of the year, so that perhaps he gave a third, much more near that certainly than a tenth. Dave Ramsey says this, Let's start with the basics. Simply put the tithe is the first 10% of your income that should be given to your local church. It's strictly measured in money, so you can't replace it with giving your time or your talents. So put it in your budget like I do. I don't complain about the electricity bill. Why? Because I don't like candles. <laughs> this is a gift that my dad taught me. Quit feeling emotions about money. It's a tool, it's just doing what you tell it to do. Quit feeling anything about it. If you like electricity in your house, pay the dang bill. <laughs> or get candles out. You call it. Well, he's going to the government. You're getting... There's some governments, man, there are some governments that if you don't vote for the guy from your city, you get nothing. You got a hospital when your kid gets hurt, you got schools that your kids can go to. Oh, so much to be grateful for here. Here's what I what I want you to do here. This is what I want you to do. Start giving a regular percentage first. Off the top, take it out before you have a chance to get emotional about it. If you can't if you can't live on 90%, you can't live on 100% of your income. You're just living above your means. And we'll talk about budget and how to be free. Um, Arwen, can I, can I get Arwen up here? Arwen is my oldest girl. Yeah, Arwen. I love Arwen. Now, Arwen babysits. Did you know that every, every tenth of what you pay her to babysit, she gives to Venue Church? She does. She doesn't consider that to be her own because I never considered it to be my own and I've in my whole life because my dad was was so good at handling uh, money and teaching me about taking removing emotion from money, I never felt like it was mine in the first place. Like the lemonade, that's not my money in the first place. It's what helps me live. And so with Arwen here, this is almost like how it is how it is with, with God, is that I got some Tootsie Pots here mostly because I wanted some. But I've got 10 Tootsie Pops here. These are the ones with the stuff in the middle. That's super good. Here, come out here, sweetheart. And I feel like this is sort of how it is with God sometimes. Now, you think it's emotional for you to give up a tenth? Now, imagine that I'm God. Use your imagination. Imagine that I'm God, and I'm trying to do something for my kid because I'm never going to die, and I need to get her her inheritance. But the world works on certain principles That God, having set up his principles, can't deny them. And the law of seed time and harvest when the world was created is in place. Meaning, if you don't sow seed, you will not reap seed. It's impossible. So quit complaining about it and feeling sorry for yourself. Now, if I'm God, I'm trying to get my daughter everything in this life that I can. And if I'm God, I have everything, too. And my resources are unlimited here. And we look at God and we're like, why didn't you provide my resources? And God looks at you and says, why didn't you sow in in your field? So... This is like, I know that Arma needs these to live. <laughs> I like the brown ones. They're my favorite. And so this is like God saying, here, can you hold this for me? Now, I can't just... N- nothing comes from nothing. Only God can create something just by saying it. But you need something to create something. Like nothing comes from nothing. It all comes from something. You can't clone something without something to work with. right? So, so God is here and he's like, well... I need to. I got all the stuff I need to get her, so she never has to worry about it, and so that I can provide all of her needs and give her lots to give away. And I have all these plans for her, but but this is the only way that it works. Um, can I have one of those back that you're holding for me? Now imagine Arwen taking the whole thing and putting it in her pocket, and then staring at me. You want to talk about emotional? How do you suppose it makes God feel? I sent my son to die for you. And we're talking about lollipops. <laughs> you want to talk about emotional. Yeah. You don't get to hog all the emotions here. It's just called self-pity and greed. Yeah. And so, you know what? But here's the thing. if you, tell, tell you what. This, this is what God, we just read this in Malachi. You know what? If you give me one of those, give me the brown one because they're the best. And I actually <laughs> am going to eat this at some point. Tell you what. You're holding on to my stuff. Tell you what. You keep holding on to that and use that. And, and here's a promise that God makes, that that will actually go further than all of them put together will go further, because I'm God and I can do stuff like that. So look, you're not losing anything, because month to month to month, that will I can actually multiply that without you even doing anything. So. But here's the thing, I'm going to use this, if you're okay with this, I'm going to use this because you have like, a future marriage coming up, which your dad doesn't want to talk about, and he's, kinda, <laughs> he's a bit stuck. And you have kids coming up, and you're going to need a house, and you're going to need cars. So tell you what, if you'll give this back to me, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to start all these other accounts that have to do with your work in the future, and your vehicles, and your grocery budget, and your husband, and your children, and your friends. And I'm going to start a bunch of other accounts for you, and I'll put this in there, and I'll start multiplying it for you. And I'll make sure that you don't have the bills that everybody else has. Now, that doesn't mean that your car is not going to break down. We're going to talk about that in the budget. But I'm going to keep stuff away from you just in this. So that just month to month, this is 100%. Now, what a funny thing it would be for Arwen to tell God no. Or for Aaron even to tell her dad no. What do you want from me? Sorry, you think that that's yours. now. If you were in a wheelchair, you wouldn't have the job that you have, most of us. Yeah. The ability to earn wealth comes from somewhere. Recognize true. the one in the kitchen making it all happen. Yeah. 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 Honor God with the first so you quit feeling stuff about it. Yeah. And God's going to start all of this other stuff for you. This is, I'm God, I don't change. This I, this is the only way that I can do this for you. Does that mean that God doesn't love you if you don't? Well, He's going to think that you're stingy. But God loves everybody. God loves murderers and God loves every sort of person anyways. Yeah. He loves all his kids. Yeah. But he can only bless some of them. Because this is how the world works. The law of seed time and harvest. If you don't sow seed, don't feel sorry for yourself when you get no harvest. Yeah. Can you give Arwen a hand? Yeah. Well, in. Right. Great job. Now my sermon is at its end here. But I hate when I see people, particularly the sheep of our flock here at venue, my brothers and sisters, I hate watching you worry about money. It bothers me. I hate it. I hate it like it's happening to my own kids. I hate it. I want you to have what they're going to have. And the only way to get it is to do what they do and to do what I did. I'm not making an emotional plea. I'm just telling you that's where it's coming from. But money is not a baby. It's just a thing. So tell it to do what God wants it to do so that he can get everything that you need ready for you. So when you get there, you'll have it all there for you. Next week, we're going to talk about our budget. Dave Ramsey says this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Nobody's going to remember you for the car that you drove when you died. They're going to remember you for what you gave away.